guys what's up what's up it's your girl Shar. hi there it's marcus henson and marcus is filling in for jace today because jace is in new york city and since we're on the west coast and kiss and tell the show must go on we have a guest co-host today thank you marcus for joining me of course of course just My pleasure to, okay just to open it up where can the people find you do you want to put your social media out there yes um my instagram is at insta L-I-V, G-I-V, and um, my uh, YouTube channel is Marcus Henson uh, 1 on YouTube. Uh, I've, I post updated videos all the time of my work, uh, whether it be short films or me in class. Um, yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> that's amazing. And you all know for me, all of my stuff is available at SharSaysSo.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SharSaysSo. So just to open up this show, you know, Jace gave me, left me with a laundry list of responsibilities. Y'all know this is his baby. Well, this is our baby, I should say. Kiss and Tell Live is coming to Los Angeles on November 8th from 2 to 5 p.m. at the Downtown Independent. And it is with great pleasure and humility that I can announce that I'm going to be on the panel. So yes, th- yes, congrats. Thank you. It's thank be you. I've always wanted to be on the panel. I've always kind of teased Jace because he knows that I'm a girl about with an opinion. Uh-huh. That's how I kind of got this position with him. Yes. But I'm really, really excited to uh, see you all and join you all and just have good conversation with the microphone being passed around on this panel. So please make sure that you RSVP at jacebaron.com and I will see you there. Wonderful, wonderful. Also, Kiss and Tell Live New York City is November 20th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Center. You can also RSVP and get your tickets there. These are free events, guys, so make sure you come out and support and get you some good perspective, some good conversation. There's all the information and details that you need at jacebaron.com, so slide on over there and check that out. Also, coming up on October 11th, there is the AIDS Walk. Sign up at la.aidswalk.net. We're group hashtag or pound 8713, and you don't need to donate money. We're walking for the cause. Now, Marcus, you were at a music festival this past weekend. Well, not this past weekend, but the weekend of the 11th, right? And you ran into my auntie. (laughs) That's what I heard. Yes. Um, We, uh, last week, um, Tyler Sadler, Baron's younger sister, produced and put together um, her first uh, music festival here um, in Sherman Oaks called Out There Music Festival. And um, Tina Knowles showed up. Tina Knowles and her husband showed up. Richard Lawson. Yes, they uh, heard the music and they were walking by. They were, you know, in the area. And they so walk to us through. Sh- was she snapping her neck and snapping her fingers? Well, it's enjoying? crazy because I was actually outside uh, where the food truck was with the old <laughs> friend who I hadn't seen in a while. We were just talking, having conversation, and we missed when she walked into the room. And everyone was like trying to figure out where I was because they knew I was gonna die. And when I walked in, everyone just looked at me and was like, <laughs> Tina knows is here. Tina knows is here. And I just froze. And she was walking Are you in around. The beehive? Yes, I am all too. day. Two I've beehivers. seen Beyonce three times in concert. 
I can't wait to see her again. I've like, seen her a lot. Yeah, stemming from when I was eleven. Uh, she's just a force to be reckoned with, and I tell you, she's definitely our Michael Jackson when it comes to performing. Yes, like love she's her. definitely a great entertaining. That had to have been a magical experience, though. I was unable to go. For those of you all who were at the music festival, I was not there. If you check my or follow me on Instagram, then you see that I was running around town with my mother and Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the one and only Oprah Gail Winfrey. And we did Super Soul Sessions at UCLA from like 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. But everything was great. Special shout out to my mentor and my possibility model, Janet Mock. We were special guests of hers. We got VIP luncheon. We were rubbing elbows with Flex Washington and Lynn Whitfield and Ian yes. Van Zant, And it was just a very, very... Um, Great event, full of That's aha wonderful. moments and mm-hmm. eye opening, you know, <laughs> with great people too. Yes, so That's I couldn't make it to the to the festival. Oh, My well, apologies. No worries. We're already in talks of doing more, so definitely okay. Tyler Sadler will, I'm sure, be working up something in the near future. All right. Well, let's get the show started. All what right. do you think? Yes, that sounds wonderful. So last night was the Emmy Awards. And, you know, I just love moments like these. Well, every day, but moments like these really stand out to me and make me so, so happy that I'm a black woman because black girls really do rock. We just bring so much to the table. And that's not taking away from anybody else. But black women just really are the shit. And you can't tell me otherwise. Like, you can't pay me to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis, uh, d- one, it was history making. Okay, Viola Davis is the first black woman to win the Emmy for Best Actress in a Drama. Yes. So congratulations to her. That's fantastic. I loved her speech. I don't know if you saw a clip of it or no, saw I any didn't. of it. No, I she didn't. She quoted Harriet Tubman and she talked about injustices and opportunity yes, I facing women of color. did see that on Instagram. A lot of quotes of hers mm-hmm. from the speech she played she it. Made. But Viola always does it mm-hmm. for me. Everything that she does, she does it for me. Um, Regina King, who has been uh, in the industry for about 35 years. Yes. Think back to 227, back in the day with Marla Gibbs and Jack A. Harry. We've literally witnessed Regina King grow up in front of our eyes. She mm-hmm. just got her first Emmy and her first Emmy nomination for... Um, American Crime, which I always tell people, I don't know if you all watched American Crime. It's ABC. It was like a limited series, and it was like Crash. Have you ever seen the movie Crash? No, I haven't. Okay, seen well, it. it's like Crash the series. You need to see Crash. Oh wow, <laughs> Crash is fantastic. Okay, okay. And so, oh, I failed to mention that Viola won for How to Get Away with Murder, which returns this week. It comes back on, you know, Shondaland Thursdays take over with everybody's yes. new season Grey's this Anatomy. Thursday. And Scandal. Scandal. And then Uzo Aduba, a.k.a. Suzanne, a.k.a. Crazy Eyes, from another (laughs) one of my favorite shows, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Such a great show. Yes. She took home Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama, which is funny because this was her second consecutive nomination and her second consecutive win, except she just won for comedy last time, and this time she won for drama. Same award. So... What I thought was funny, and I know this isn't in the notes, but what I thought was funny was, and I don't know if you all saw the Twitter dragging last night from General Hospitals. Her name is Nancy Lee Gron or Green. She tried to come for Viola's cap 
and black Twitter. I love when we can come together and we can just do a good justified dragging. And she just got dragged because she did not know about intersectionality and she tried to make the moment about her and white women. And she reminded me of those all lives matter people. Yes. And she tried to take away from Viola's moment. Like why highlight black women when all women are so, and it's not about that. Viola used no. her platform to talk about what she know and what exactly. she know is the black woman's experience in, and in, and the politics of Hollywood as a dark-skinned black yes. actress. That yes. should be noted. Yes, for sure. And you know what? I think anytime when, like you said, a platform is made mm-hmm. for someone of color and someone specifically um, black here in America, you will get people um, that try to feed you, well, what about everybody? What about everybody? Mm-hmm. Because they like to deny the black human experience here in America and how it's evolved over time. Mm -hmm. And people like Viola Davis, I really admire and commend because they use their platform to enlighten, and inspire, and motivate Mm -hmm. others, you know, and really just do good and give good. Um, And, you know, for Mm -hmm. nights like last night, they're definitely um, trailbla- trailblazing yes. moments. And it was a history-making moment. I thought it was so selfish for this Nancy bitch yep. to uh, <laughs> deflect and take away from the moment and try to put the attention on her. She also went on, like, she deleted all these tweets and she since has apologized. You all, y'all know the routine by now. Yep. But she went on to say that she's been a working actress for 40 years. Okay, that's privilege within itself. I don't like when white people cannot pinpoint their own privilege. Do you know how many black actresses yeah. would love to have have a career for one spanning 40 years and for two working consecutively for 40 40 years years. yes so if viola wants to go in so many words and say black women aren't winning emmys because of a lack of roles available to black women she's entitled to say that because it is nothing but the truth and you would be remiss if you did not acknowledge that so nancy got the ass whooping that she deserved last night on twitter and she was dragged and if you all visit my twitter uh profile at charcesso i have some of the funniest (laughs) (laughs) retweets and i just posted a video called stay in your lane stop swerving episode 81 on charcesso.com where i really unpack and really go into more detail about Nancy and her problematic racist comments because I just I don't know I don't want to go too far into this because I know we have a lot of different topics to talk about but I find that problem a lot with some some emphasis on some white liberals and white feminists it's almost like listen I would march for you why you know like like black people owe them something yeah Do you know how many white people I stopped talking to to be your friend type thing we don't owe you anything. Exactly. If you want to be an ally for black people, you need to understand what comes with that. And you shouldn't have to kind of tap dance around that and say, it shouldn't be this give or take type thing. Yeah. You, you know should what I'm be saying? able to celebrate and acknowledge our experience. Right. Not having to feel like you have to be a part of that in the same and don't breath. police. Don't police my experience you as a white woman it's not your job your responsibility nor do you have the right to tell me when it's appropriate or not to discuss race on a platform on an award that i'm receiving because that's essentially what nancy's tweets were saying uh, that the emmys is not uh the place to discuss right who it it comes with that privilege Mm -hmm. you don't have the right to police something like that and so 
that's just and that's and that's also it just comes from the the different it comes from the different experiences mm-hmm. she has Nancy this woman Nancy Nancy she has no recollection she has no knowledge no nope. to our experiences and the opportunities that are presented to us and so therefore she has no sense of how important mm-hmm. and significant this moment was for Viola to share her experiences and bring light to things mm-hmm. that need to be brought. That's why I always say intersectionality is yeah. important. I can't read a book. I can't tell a woman how it feels to give birth exactly. because I'll never experience what it feels like to get give birth. I can do research. I can have conversations. I can add perspective, but I can't tell a woman what it feels like to give birth. Yes. Just like a white person can't tell a black person about the black experience because you you'll never live it. Yeah, you'll ne- you know what I'm saying. No, that's that's nothing but the truth. Oh, so not to go even further into that. Like I said, you all can do some reading. I know the Root, the Guardian, for Harriet. There's tons of great blogs out there really unpacking this. And like I said, I talked about it on the most recent episode of Shar says so. Um, do you think that this award for Viola was long overdue? Um, I am definitely going to say um, it It came at a great time. I'm going to mm-hmm. say uh, it's glad it came now than much later. Uh, but yeah, she has definitely... Um, yeah, I'm going to say yes. It's definitely long overdue. The work she's done has been so pivotal and she's told such great stories. Mm-hmm. And you know, let's let's admit it, you know, it's when people are in these associations, these award ceremony uh, associations, you know, they go off of what they know and what they've experienced and she she tells a different story. And um, um, and no one can play her role. Yeah. I cannot see anyone else playing Annalise Keating on How to Get Away yep. with Murder. Hell, I can't even see anyone else playing Abilene on The Help. Yes. She brings so much to her roles. And let's not forget that she was an Oscar nominated off of being on screen uh, in, what's the movie she did with Meryl Streep? Doubt. She was on screen for like 30 seconds and earned an Oscar nomination. The woman is just, you cannot take away from her accomplishments. You can't say things because it, 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 you know, disparages because about her race or lack of talent, if that's what you want to throw out there. Because Viola Davis is one of the most talented black actresses that we have modern day. Actresses, period. Yeah. yeah, really. Actresses, period. You're absolutely right. What do you think about how black women um, conduct themselves? Not that this is a critique uh, on black women, but this is one of the questions that was posed to us. For example, Nicki Minaj at the VMAs or the BET Awards. Um, back, you know, if you think back to Kiss and Tell Radio episode one, we were, Jason and I discussed the tweets to Taylor Swift and, you know, how unceremonious that went. But I don't think that this is a fair comparison. And Marcus and I were kind of talking about this, you know, prior to recording because yes. it's two different. Um, two different. It's apples and oranges. It really is. Two different leagues, two different generations, two different. It's acting and singing. Yeah. And or even rapping. singing, and I mean, Nikki is, you know, as she calls herself the queen of hip hop. Hip hop, you know, pop 
culture that's totally different. You can't from compare the Anaconda 80s. to the help. Yeah. It's <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's entertainment versus you know, art and, you know, film. It's- let me tell you this. Do you think Nikki's, well, let me ask you this rather. Do you think Nikki's outburst about um, how there was lack of intersectionality at the VMAs, like how all of the pretty blonde girls, thin blonde girls were being nominated for awards and she felt jaded. Do you think that the Emmys took that into consideration when they were doing their nominations? Um, No, I, I don't think they... Um took that in consideration i think the people who you think they um, just looked at the work i think they looked at the work and i think it showed in who you know they nominated and who they awarded the awards to this year so no i think they saw past that and they knew um you know the caliber of just you know the lady in the public eye Nicki mm-hmm. Minaj versus, you know, um, Viola, Davi- Viola Davis and her peers. It's just, it's just two different calibers. Yeah, that is true. And I do have to go on record to say I am glad that Viola Davis, I know that Taraji P. Henson was up against Viola Davis for this role. And yes. I'm glad that Viola Davis won it. And I'm not taking anything away from Taraji or Cookie Lyons, <laughs> her character that we all love. But I just think that Viola's is... Her role is just a little bit more challenging. And dare I say, Cookie is a typecast for Taraji. Cookie mm-hmm. is not a stretch for Taraji. When yes. I see Cookie, I see Jody's mama. I mean, Jody's girlfriend, Yvette. When I see Cookie, I see, you know, hustle and flow. So it's not a stretch for Taraji to bust those acting chops. Yes. Whereas playing this black woman attorney in a interracial relationship and there's murders going on and sex and vi- that yes. is a layered role yes. for how to get away with murder. I seriously cannot wait for season two to premiere oh, on Thursday. Be so good. It's going to be so good. Okay, so we're moving on to the next topic. Fuck buddies last longer than relationships. So the question posed is, do we agree? Why or why not? So Marcus, as my guest co-host, I'm going to let you go first with this. Do you agree that fuck buddies last longer than relationships? Why or why not? And where did the root of it this come from? Where do you think this came from? Oh, God. Fuck buddies. Okay. So, all right. Let's... Let's let's forget the term fuck buddies and let's just forget the term relationships. I think we all as human beings, we all as people, we all that, you know, exchange energy, you are attracted to what what you like in a person. Attributes, physical traits, um, just their their characteristics. So I don't think it has to do with uh, you know, people tend to be with their fuck buddies longer or people tend to be in their relation, relationships longer. I think it just depends on what that person is attracted to and, um, you know, where, where they are in their lives. I think some people that, you know, keep going back to the fuck buddies, there's like a limit and there's a guard to, you know, where they will take that uh, relationship to the next but people's relationships it's it all varies everyone has a long relationship and everyone has that relationship that you don't even it was so short you don't even know whether mm-hmm. to call him an ex or him and her an ex so i think something like that it definitely varies but overall we tend to gravitate to the person that you know we 
are attracted to most the law of attraction you know for me I have to say, I don't know if I fully agree with that. Okay. I, I mean, I agree with aspects of it because I do agree that relationships, I look at fuck buddies, that is also a relationship, whether people want to call it or not. It's not a relationship as far as like monogamous, you know, yeah. lock and key, put a ring on it. But any interaction that I'm having with another person, I deem a relationship. And I just think like what you said, there's different components that go into it for me. You know, I have been with fuck buddies, so to speak, for for longer times than I've been in relationships. There's connections mm-hmm. there. There is an understanding, a clear understanding yes. there, which relationships can sometimes have a lot of confusion if people don't know how to have an, a real, raw, honest conversation. If you approach things just sexually, then it's clear that it's just sexually. Um, but it's just, it, it. like I said, it varies. It varies with the person and it varies with, the the relationship honestly so i do agree with with what you said but i also disagree because i mean i do get that we're all energies and things like that but it's more to it than that but i think i think that is all what it is you know think about um like you you have your fuck buddies and then you go into this relationship and this relationship has lasted let's say for instance five years some people, a lot, oftentimes, they go back to certain fuck buddies. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but they go back to certain that just because due to circumstances or just, you know, yeah. the circle circle of life, they still find this person, um, you know, attractive, good to be around, the company's not bad, things like that. So that's why I say it. In some ways, waivers in that sense. So, do you think that serious relationships are becoming a thing of the past, and is that a good or a bad thing? Um, I don't think serious relationships are um, something in the past. I actually, two of Me my really either. great friends, really good friends, uh, Justin and Joy Riley. They um, just got married. Um, we all went to school together um, back at Chapman University. All right. And they've been together. Uh, they got married the seventh day from when they said hello to each other. Wow. The seventh uh, seventh year to the day. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say seven <laughs> days. God, I'm sorry. Damn. The seventh year to the Was day. Is this an arranged marriage? <laughs> like- and I tell you, they are such a great uh, example and just a fixture of just like two people who couldn't be most compatible and just mm-hmm. like enjoy. And I think a lot of it, you know, we, I will say today in this generation, everyone just hasn't the ideal, you know, life, the ideal relationship, the ideal versus woman wanting to work with someone. Yes. Versus wanting to really, you know, go through, go through life and grow and be there for someone. Uh, I will say that lacks a bit, but I must say when you are honest with yourself and you know yourself's mm-hmm. motive, Come on. what is my motive with being this person? You have to be clear. Do I want to be with this person to just get in their pants? Do I want to be with this person, make and you need each to know, other better? But you, you also know? need to know their motive as yeah, well, because exactly. you could want to just get in someone's pants and they want to be in a relationship with you, or you could... 
want to be in a relationship with someone, but the person that you with just want them draws. Yeah. Then you sit up there eating a tub of Ben and Jerry's or, you know. <laughs> yes, Ben and Jerry's. Well, you know, that's kind of, no. I want to say, okay, a tub of Bluebell or Talenti Gelato <laughs> and, and watching your lifetime with your feelings hurt. So you got to watch that as well. Yes. How do you think that something like this, oh, my opinion, which I forgot. I don't think that long-term relationships, serious relationships are going out of style anytime soon. It's just a matter of, and Jason and I have this debate all the time about monogamy. It's a, a matter of finding literally what works for you. Yep. You cannot base your life and your relationship on other. That's why I hate when people post those memes like relationship goals when they show Will and Jada and Jay-Z and Beyonce. And I get what they're saying because they we don't know them personally, but they look like they're compatible and there's longevity. But you don't know what they're doing that works for them. them so exactly. no one's relationship should be your relationship goal because you don't know the behind the scenes. Now, for me... Um, I just think the serious relationships aren't going anywhere anytime soon. But then again, neither are fuck buddy relationships. So it's like a give and take. Let me ask you this, though. How do you think that it, that long-term relationships and fuck buddies, how do you think that that is affecting the LGBT community? And even break it down for me as far as tops and bottoms and women with women and, and, and even um, sexual-like novelties, how people you know, will use certain people to fulfill fantasies. So, like, how do you think that that all comes into play? Okay, well, let me say this. Now, remember I I touched on how I don't feel as though long-term relationships are going out of style. With that being said, in terms of the LGBT community as a gay male myself, Mm -hmm. uh, living here in Los Angeles... What role do you play? Are you versatile? I... I am versatile. Okay. Um, I should have said if you don't mind me asking. Yes. <laughs> well, I was put on the spot there, but now you all know. And um, yeah, I do feel as though with this whole kind of like um, this role play, you know, top, bottom, um, oh, I think it people are more so just focused on the role they play and getting one's orgasm than actually getting to know someone and actually liking them for them. So you're saying this as it pertains to gay men. So I, I feel as though definitely because I can speak, you know, in the gay culture, mm-hmm. I do feel as though it's definitely changed it. And it kind of, um, I'm not going to say it makes me sad, but it there, I do wish that there was some sort of, you know, realness and, like, authenticity. It'll come. And, like, you know, you I think it definitely it. is. I think that's so, but I hope just with the technologies of, like, mm-hmm. Grindr oh, and Adam for Adam, like, all of these, you know, Tinder. Oh, all my of, God. <laughs> all of these people just, like, like you said, you know, what do they want? Mm-hmm. You know, what, are they, what sexual fantasy do they want to fulfill? Do they want a daddy? Do they want a twink? Do they want Well, with black men, they want their hung jungle monkey type, like, you know, all those stereotypes. And that's what it becomes more about fulfilling that that, orgasm, like I said. I mean, the same with with me. I can speak to that as far as people um, using trans women. A lot of guys that I meet have been introduced to trans women through pornography. That's just the the Uh bottom line. 
And because I'm not a direct representation or a direct reflection of that, things can become problematic. That's probably why I'm single now. Because I'm so over that. I know I say that all the time on this show, People but I'm being so, so Yeah, and like, I'm over that stage of my life. Like, so intrigued because they don't know. Like, oh my uh-huh. God, as opposed to... That being like already... But also wanting to use me solely for my body. There are guys that I come across who don't care the first thing about me. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, they don't care. Like they don't ask. They don't, it's just what I can do for them in the bedroom. And that doesn't work for me at all. That does not work for me. But so I can speak to that. We're going to move on though. Outgrowing friends. Ah. This is our second to last topic, guys. We're about to be rounding this out soon. So, Marcus, I have to ask you, have you ever outgrown a friend? I know I have. And how close were they to you? Wow. Um, let's say um, I can I can generalize it. I have um, definitely outgrown some friends. Um, I moved away from home. Uh, East Coast when I was 14 I moved to LA and I managed to keep some friends um, but some friends definitely you know you try to reach out to them um, you know via phone and or Mm. social media and some people just fall off and um, you know I, I think I tend to think of it more of, you know, we served a purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, for each other at some point of our lives. And, you know, I don't take it as a negative. I just look at it, you know what, they were just supposed to be in my life for a season. And, you know, that comes with maturity, not taking it as a negative. Because I look at it the same way. I've outgrown friends. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my best friends that I grew up with, I feel like I'm in the process of outgrowing, which is unfortunate, but I'm okay with it. The only reason why I am so okay with it is because we are on two different trajectories. We're in two different paths, two different lanes. And that's not saying that if you're in those positions that you can't coexist with someone. It's just, have you ever had one of those experiences where you have a friend who constantly calls to tell you what's going on with them or to complain or what what have you, but they never ask how you're doing? Oh, yes. Those... So it's just things like, and you have to watch us as young adults, because I know that's who the audience is. You really have to watch the company that you keep. Mm-hmm. I like keeping a certain energy around me, a certain energy level around me. I love being surrounded by creative people, people who force me to really think, force me to my limits in the most positive of ways. Um, fun people, fun loving people. I like being around uplifting spirits. I feel like you are, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Like that yeah. saying reigns true. So if you're hanging around a whole bunch of dead weight and a whole bunch of, you know, trash people, then that's what I'm going to get from you. Despite what you say, birds of a feather tend to flock together. And I just <laughs> like being with creative people and positive people and goal oriented people. I can't, I just can't. And you know what? When you reach a point where you can afford to have your circle around you, which whether you have money or whatever, that does not matter. Right now, we can afford to create our own world, so to speak. You can afford, you even listening can afford to pick and choose who you want to hang around and who you want to entertain. Who's in your circle. Yes. And you should because I feel like things like that, it goes hand in hand with your well-being. 
If you're constantly around garbage and you're not getting any motivation and you're not getting anything out of your friendships, then that's going to, going to trickle into your personal life and you're going to just not get anything out of that either, no matter how positive you are. You need to be around like-minded people. Yes, that's when I always tell people, like attracts like. Your thoughts your energies, your feelings within, they create frequency. So all of that, people always say, you know, I don't know how this happened to me. Or, oh my God, this I, I'm on a roll. Mm-hmm. These great things are happening to me. It's because what they attract. So like attracts like. If you always have negative people around you, if you always have people who are not walking in the light of God or, Mm -hmm. you know, just being good people. If you're not around people who are doing good to others, you know, things like that, then that's what you're going to attract. That's what's going to attract in your life. So be very mindful and Mm -hmm. very conscious of that. So let me ask you this, because I know you kind of touched on it earlier. Mm -hmm. When you and your friend, because I know with me and my friend, there was no defining moment, really. It was gradual. When you and your friend or friends grew apart, um, what was it for you? Was it there an actual defining moment where you just were like, you know what, I'm done? Or was it a gradual process? Um, I will say, um, you know, for some, it was like, you know what, they would do something that just showed that me. That triggered it. That showed me that they are, they do not care about me. And they do not, you know, um, they just showed me the opposite of what a friend, what I see in a friend and what I am in, a, you know, what I am as a friend to other people. So um, some were just instant. I was like, okay, you know what? I can't. And then some were gradual. Some, you know, um, you know, you kind of like put things under the rug Mm -hmm. or you, you know, you're just like, you tolerate them because they've become so comfortable. Yes. The friendship has become so comfortable. And a lot of times, um, change requires you to be uncomfortable and no one likes being uncomfortable, but you have to better yourself. Get out. You You are your number one priority. You are your number one priority. So we're going to move on. This topic is controversial. Jace emailed me, And uh, it was a status that said, women, this is quote, women act like cheating is the end of the world and grounds for leaving. Don't end up a single mother because of your dumb decision. Now, Jace told me that women were pissed and duh, who wouldn't be? That trash ass status probably written by some ashy dick ass nigga. Um, But said, so women were, were flat out saying that monogamy doesn't exist. You all, you already know that I disagree with that because I believe that monogamy exists if you want monogamy to exist. Mm -hmm. And um, what do you think as far as like the stigma with women cheating versus men cheating, because you know men typically it's said that it's in men's nature. It's you know what? I think man, that is buffoonery. That it is, is tomfoolery. If it's an we excuse. if we lived in 1952, maybe let's go off of those silly stigmas and stereotypes. But come on out, it's 2015. You know. I just think that if you like and you love me, and I know I've said this on this show. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're a male or Mm -hmm. female, gay, straight. It does not matter. Like, if you love someone and you want to be with them and you... Cheating isn't an option. ...are honest and you're not a liar, then... Cheating is not an option for me. I'm very territorial and I can't imagine what excuse a man would give me if he cheated on me because I doubt I'd buy any of it. We're all able-bodied 
thought processing ass, grown ass, <laughs> bill paying adults. And there's nothing, no way, you can pay me to believe it's in your nature. No, yeah. you know better. Yeah. You know better. So in order to save the family aspect, this is in theory, would you stay with someone for the sake of your children and mental repercussions and outlook on life? Or would you, you, you leave based on cheating? I, Think about if you had children. And it a, don't matter. And stability and things. Because you know what? Children don't save marriages. Yeah, they don't. They don't save marriages. And when people marriages. try to say, no, that's because that party is generally weak. They're the weak one in that relationship. So they're going to put up. It doesn't. Because you know what? That's going to bleed. It will. That is going to bleed it'll onto your down. children. You know, but it'll trickle un- down too. Because if he did it once, then he'll probably do it again. Exactly. And just piggybacking, you know, back on, on that stigma, women aren't even allowed. Like I, we always see these funny memes. Y'all see them too. Like women can't even go to lunch with the male coworker without Bay acting crazy. Yeah. So it's just like men are supposed to have these passes with all of their quote unquote sisses. And, you know, <laughs> doing what, you know, I'm speaking for heterosexual uh, relationships, course, yeah. but you know, all of this stuff, or even with gay relationships, the bros, but there is a stigma attached to females and dare I say feminine gays that you can't cheat. Otherwise you're damaged goods. You're trash. I can't believe you did this to me, but with me, I just think that I, I agree with you. I don't think I could stay with someone for the sake of my children, but you know what? If I'm be- really being honest, I think if my children were young, yeah, I might be able to. Yeah, I think it also depends on what it was. You and know? the extent of the cheating. Yeah, because, you know, did, did this just happen once? Did they even go all the way? I just think if someone will do mm-hmm. it once, they yeah. will do it again. They That's may not do true. it next week. They may not do it next month. They may not do it next year. But they are going to do it again throughout the course of you all interacting. Whether that's a friend betraying your trust. Whether that... And that's not saying people can't be redeemed. I'm not taking away from second chances. But this is just my own personal belief. My auntie Iyanla Van Zant taught me that. If he did it once, he'll do it again. And I firmly... Based on my own independent studies my life yeah. my research typically people will do things again because yeah. they feel like they can get, get away, away with, with it. it with you they may not do it you know mm-hmm. may not what someone may do to marcus they may not do to char exactly but they will gonna do it again to marcus if you keep that inter- interaction up exactly. because if you let them exactly because if you let them so you know what i think that wraps up today's show thank you for co-hosting with me yes, today i had a great time i really appre- did you really have a great time no i did i enjoyed these topics <laughs> no i enjoyed your company as well we're gonna have to take a selfie Good. after this to send it to Please, jay's for promo okay and tell one more time tell the, the people where they can find you at yes on mm-hmm. well, my instagram is i n s t a L-I-V-G-I-V. And then you can go check out my uh, YouTube channel, Marcus Henson, M-A-R-C-U-S-H-E-N-S-O-N-1. And um, yeah, that that's about it. <laughs> all right. And you all know it's the same for me across the board. Visit com for updates. You can also visit Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. They're all Char Says So. And yeah, make sure you check out the latest episode of Char Says So at youtube.com backslash Char Says So. And it's called Stay In Your Lane, Stop Swerving, episode 81. And like I said, I really, really unpacked the Viola Davis Emmy win. 
Um, but yeah, that wraps up this week's episode and I will see you all in two weeks and hopefully Jace will have his yellow ass here, but I understand <laughs> things happen. Yes. He should be here though, but we'll mm-hmm. see you all in two more weeks. Thanks for joining me. Yes, thank you. And be sure to tweet me and let you let me know your thoughts because you know I really enjoy your feedback. So let me know your thoughts on some of these uh, topics. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.